Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mama, Mommy, Mom podcast. I am so excited today because I am bringing you an amazing woman, Amanda Hunter. She is the CEO and founder of Everlasting Wellness, a place for women to go and get therapy specifically for maternal mental health. And this is everything from prenatal um, loss and fertility issues to mamas that have older kids and are dealing with all of that. So she really treats all women and is just an amazing resource for all of us. She has support groups. Her therapists are all trained for um, all sorts of things that moms moms face. So I don't want to make you wait any longer. Let's get started. Here is Amanda Hunter. I... I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, let's let's get started and talk about who you are and why you started Everlasting Wellness. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So my name is Amanda Hunter, and I am from Berks County, Pennsylvania. And I started Everlasting Wellness in 2019 after I had my son in 2018. And really suffered with a lot of like postpartum anxiety. I had a birth trauma on top of it, which I didn't feel like was taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, I started a free support group just to see if there was interest and in people needing more help. And I got like an overwhelming amount of people who wanted to, to join or help out or support in any type of way that they could. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, wow, this is a huge need for my community. So I then started Everlasting Wellness. And from 2019 to 2021, it was just me. It was just a solo practice, just seeing like one or two clients on the side. It took a long time to like get my name out there, market, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, But then in 2021, you know, after COVID hit, (laughs) mental health was uh, was booming. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I started with one of my friends as an independent contractor. And long story short, now we're in 2023 and we have almost 50 people so we have some therapists some interns and and a great admin staff that's amazing that's awesome and it was definitely meeting a need I know that in that time I was looking for someone to help me and all of the places my doctor was sending me were like we're full we're full we can't take anybody I'm (laughs) like well who's gonna help me then like I yeah I don't know how I'm gonna function I have two kids to take care of Like how am I, I can't, I literally could not function. And I know that that's how I was introduced to your practice because you guys were specifically focusing on moms where everywhere else my doctors were sending me was like not, were full with other patients, which obviously was still a need, but I think it's a special thing to work with moms um, and be able to help them through their struggles, especially with postpartum anxiety and depression and birth trauma. Um, can you, we talk a little bit about that and, um, how you help women overcome, overcome that through therapy? Yeah, of course. So we, we are, uh, <laughs> all of our <laughs> therapists, uh, are trained in perinatal mental health. So some of them have done like informal trainings, such as like just doing the free trainings online. But mm-hmm. most of us have actually gone through postpartum support international. Um, okay. And then we, we do have a couple who are also certified. So that means we had to take another test plus two hours. 
and making sure that we are all fully trained, know what we're talking about when a new mama comes on or someone who just found out they're pregnant or unable to get pregnant. So some of us are also trained in reproductive mental health. Um, so we also offer like, I think like five support groups right now, just for moms. <laughs> or That's about awesome. To yeah. That's and awesome. we always do low cost. Some of our support groups are like a hundred dollars plus or anything like that. Most of them That's are actually good. free right now. Um, and then we, uh, some of them are like 10 or $20, something like that. But no matter what, we try to meet the need of the community. And we know that like dollars a group, no matter how good it is, is not going to meet the need of most moms who are on no. maternity leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think postpartum looks different. I mean, it's not just postpartum anxiety and depression. Some people have that while they're pregnant too, and then they feel normal per se after they have the baby. So, oh yeah, absolutely. That's why they're trying to get away from the word postpartum and utilize the word perinatal. So perinatal okay. is from like the time you're thinking about having a baby to a year out. And they're okay. even trying to fight that. And when I say they, I'm talking about like postpartum support international, 2020 mom, um, all of the ones that are doing the advocacy piece of it. Cause they're trying to do five years postpartum. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it's, it takes a while like that. I can say that from my experience, it definitely takes a while to get used to, and I'm sure you too, like having a, a child. And then if you're having more than one child, five, like it, five years means that they're a little more independent. They're not in diapers they're sleeping through the night. Like it's just a lot different five years versus one year. Like I have a one-year-old and she's not sleeping through the night every night and still in debt, you know, all the things that come with having a one-year-old. So it, I'm glad that they're trying to extend that. that Absolutely. And, and not even like, yes to everything you're saying, but also to people that have had trauma. Yes. So women that have had a birth trauma or a NICU baby. And, yeah. you know, there's stats out there that says like over 80% of moms who have NICU babies have PTSD. Mm. And some of them are, or most of them are not even diagnosed with it. So if you're in that survival mode, say your baby's in the NICU for six months, that's six months of survival mode, like acute survival mode. Yeah. Then you're going home, you're still in survival mode. Like I haven't had this baby in my house for six months. We've had all these nurses, we've had all these people to help us. Now I have to figure it out myself. Yeah. That could take a year or two to even get used to depending on what your baby's diagnosis is. That's so true. yeah, I mean, definitely like five years out, I think is like appropriate rather mm -hmm. than saying like, oh yeah, it's only a, a year. That is not accurate at all. <laughs> no, I a hundred percent agree with that. The, um, so when moms come to you with like postpartum or perinatal depression, anxiety, and all of those um, emotions, what are they telling you that they're feeling? Like, how are they recognizing that they're having a problem? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think all of the therapists might have a different answer to that. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on kind of what we all specialize in. So okay. I really like OCD and intrusive thoughts. Okay. Um, that is something that I suffered with personally. And I really felt alone during that process because mm -hmm. some people were like, oh, yeah, it's just anxiety. And it's like, yeah, having a fear that your baby is going to fall down a flight of steps and you see his brains like everywhere like that is not OK. That's <laughs> like, not that anxiety. That's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a real problem that you're yeah, having. Yeah, that is a lot of intrusive thoughts. Like yeah. not that you want that to happen, but that right. you, know, you you're, you're afraid of it happening. Yeah. And um, yeah. So like I get a lot of those. Living so. that way is not, it, it's not a way to live, especially no. when you're trying to enjoy having a baby or your kids and you're constantly worried that 
and can visualize those things happening. And you're like, how can I stop that from happening every moment of the day? That's yeah, absolutely. Really, really heavy, right? Yeah, like yeah. trying to like enjoy your baby, bond with your baby. And yet you're like afraid. What if something bad happens to baby? Mm-hmm. So I do get a lot of clients that come to me specifically for that. And um, that's when they know when, when it's like, oh, wow, like I'm afraid to be alone with my baby or I don't know how to be alone with my baby without having these horrible, horrible thoughts. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they do stem into other things. Um, whereas a lot of my other therapists, they might answer that with like someone saying that they don't enjoy being a mom. They mm-hmm. thought that it was going to be this magical thing. They were going to be pregnant and then give birth and everybody loves them. And then everyone's going to help you and magical. And they're like, wait, I had a birth trauma and I hate this child. They put me through hell and back. And, yeah. you know, I almost died on the table or, you know, whatever the case. Yeah. Those be. are real feelings too. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe it's, you know, I got home and I thought I had just had baby blues, but I'm still not liking this whole mom thing. Like I'm feeling mm-hmm. really depressed. I don't want to breastfeed. I don't want to form whatever the case might be. Um, so I think a lot of moms come to the conclusion of like, I need more help when they feel like they're lost. Yeah. It's like, what, why am I not doing what all the movies tell me I'm supposed to be feeling? Or, you know, especially the older generation just saying like, this is what you're supposed to do. Get over it. Yeah, it's then, terrible. <laughs> that it's is awful. not accurate. Or I never experienced that when I was your age or when I was yes. a new mom. And it's like, you probably did, but you probably weren't allowed to feel those emotions and and work through them and the community just isn't there for moms these days which is why it's so great you have all these groups because moms need that like as a new mom it doesn't even matter whether you're a new mom or you have older kids like you still need help from your community of of around you and whether it's family or friends absolutely and I know a lot of people who join my support group, you know, which I've had for a while. So more people know about it right now, but they come in and they're like, I really wanted to join a while ago, but I was just so afraid. And when I asked like, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of judgment. I'm afraid that someone's going to judge me. I'm afraid that you're going to call CPS on me or, and I was like, oh my gosh, like that is not the case. And then when you really think about it, that is a valid fear. Yeah, Because some professionals don't know what to do with perinatal mental health. So all they think about is I have to take care of the baby mm-hmm. and they forget about taking care of mom. And yeah. how important is that? Like mom needs to be taken care of too, or, you know, primary caregiver. Yeah, definitely. And the intrusive thoughts are awful. And I'm sure I talk to a lot of women that also have those and they don't, all, they're not always graphic. They could just be, I'm afraid like if we get in the car and someone hits us, like it doesn't have to be super graphic either. So those where I can't be around a knife, I'm nervous about being yes. around a knife. Those things, they're very debilitating. All of, all of those experiences are, and it's, it's a shame that, you know, you go to that like six week, eight week mm-hmm. checkup and they're like, okay, check these boxes and then you could be like a seven out of 10 and they're like, you're fine. <laughs> and, and if you're like a one out of 10, I don't, what do they do? Send you to, to ther- therapy or send you to like get medicine and say, oh, you need a low dose antidepressant and you're going to feel so much better. But yep. the low dose antidepressant isn't going to fix like, it's, I don't know. It's just, 
Yeah, no, I mean, you brought up a great point, like through the PSI training, so postpartum support international, the one thing they really talk about is your clinical judgment is so much more important than what is written down on that paper. Mm-hmm. Because somebody might go through the Edinburgh and be like, oh, yeah, I'm fine because I don't have time. I have a screaming child right now, so I'm just going to put one for everything. Yeah. But then you actually talk to them and they're disassociating mm-hmm. or they don't know how to deal with baby or they look exhausted or, you know, whatever the case might be. Like, wow, like your clinical judgment is so much more important. I know like when I yeah. first started – And I was trying to like market myself and try to give education. I did a lot of free trainings to like professionals in the area, like pediatricians, because pediatricians actually see mom and baby more than mom's own doctor. So I was trying to explain that and how important, you know, the, you know, the clinical rapport is and, you know, being able to go off clinical judgment, but also just to say to every mom, just normalize it. Do you want to go to therapy? Have you thought about therapy? Have you thought about a support group? Have you thought about talking to somebody else? Uh, Do you go to church? Like, do you want me to help you hook up to a church if you're religious or spiritual, whatever the case might be? And a lot of the pediatricians were like, that's a great idea, but we don't have time for that. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) then you need to make time. (laughs) Yeah, because that's in the best interest of the baby too. Yes, yes. And you have to make sure that those that the moms are actually taking the steps. Like it's an, it's not enough for you to give hand a mom a piece of paper and say, here's a list of therapists. No, make the, like the doctors need to be like, at least the mom's doctor (laughs) needs to be like making the appointments with the mom, like forcing them to go because it's not, it's going to help them. It's not enough to just hand them a piece of paper with a phone number on it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I do think that like some, like my health system here has actually, they're called integrated care clinicians. Mm -hmm. So they do offer like a couple free sessions and then they're supposed to help refer out the issue. This is a great thing. Like, please don't get me wrong when I say this next part, but the issue is that they're not trained. So, Mm. or some of them are not trained in perinatal mental health. So they're seeing these new moms. This is new mom's first interaction with a therapist, possibly. They don't realize that it's okay to say, you're not a good fit for me. Like, I want to go find somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a therapist, that is not like, that's not a horrible thing to say. Like, that doesn't hurt my feelings. Like, my job is to make sure you feel good and that you're getting better. If you're not feeling good and you're not getting better, please don't continue to see me. Because I'm not, I'm not the best therapist for you. Right. That's also why there's a million therapists out there. Like you're allowed to pick whichever one you want, <laughs> whichever one is going yeah. to make you feel better. That is the purpose. That is in our treatment plan. Just like a doctor, if you're not, if you're feeling like you're not being getting the care that you need, you need to switch doctors. Just because yeah. your best friend loves your doctor doesn't mean that you're going to love that doctor. Right. That's so true. You need someone that's going to help you as an individual. It's very it's a very personal experience. Yeah, I definitely think the the hardest part of so I kind of do everything in the practice. I love mm-hmm. being like hands on and like interacting with people and whatever. So I do answer a lot of the emails, a lot of the phone calls. I try to schedule people. And the hardest question that people ask is, who is the best therapist for me? I have mm-hmm. no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know you. I don't I don't know. And like even if I do know you, um, one of my best friends was like, Hey, what's a good therapist for me? I recommended one therapist that I thought she would love. And she was like, Hey, I, I'm just not really clicking with her. And then I recommended another another one in the practice and she loves her. Okay. And I was like, Wow, like personality wise, I didn't think you guys would like click, but it did. 
like and it That's worked awesome. and you know you so you you just never know and it's so hard to like answer that question when people ask yeah yeah you just have to kind of find find one that works and don't give up you. yeah like, just keep going until you find that person because once you do like my therapist I love her <laughs> so uh, she's absolutely amazing I am very like a like a type and I can be very alpha and she knows how to like reel me back in and redirect me and challenge me. And that's what I need. Someone who's soft-spoken wouldn't work out for me. I also, I think we should talk a little bit about why women should go to therapy. Even, I mean, it's not just anxiety, like perinatal anxiety, depression, trauma. It's all the other things that are associated with being a mother are also stress anxiety and depression without, you know, just having a child as well. Um, but without having just had a baby, like a new baby or, you you know, women with older kids, I think everybody has that stress and anxiety. So I, I know a lot of women are like, I don't have time for this. I, you know, I'm not sure if that would be the right thing for me, or they're just afraid of, you know, facing those demons for lack of a better, better word, like, you know, facing those things that cause them the stress and anxiety and figuring it out, or maybe it just feels too big for them. So what do you, like, what do you say to those women that are kind of like on the fence about even, even trying it? So I think every single person, no matter who you are, should have a therapist, at least one that you have like in your pocket. So mm-hmm. if you need to call up and say like, wow, I was almost in a car accident. <laughs> like I, I need yeah. to talk to somebody. Um, or wow, like I was really talked about at work today and I walked in on it and now I am feeling a little anxious about going into work tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, like whatever the case might be, I, you know, I haven't seen the Barbie movie yet, <laughs> but I've been seeing it on TikTok mm-hmm. and um, like, I really want to see it because um, it yeah. does seem like it portrays and I know some people might have different opinions on it, but like how women are treated right now Mm -hmm. and those one clip I actually shared with my team and it's you know again I saw it on TikTok I didn't see the movie yet but like it's talking about like wait you can't be too skinny but you have to be skinny enough and you can't be heavy but you have to be skinny and it's like wait which one is it like which one do you want me to be like (laughs) where am I supposed to fit here like you're supposed to be assertive but you're not supposed to be aggressive and you have to watch how you say things or otherwise you're not you're not a good person Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, but you know, and again, like the, sorry if this like steps on anyone's toes, but like also a man can be very assertive and now they're a leader. Like yeah. they, they, they're it's confusing. Yes. Yeah. So like even that, like I know sometimes when I'm in therapy, that's what I talk about. Like being an owner of a company of almost 40 some or 50 some people, like it's really hard because I'm like, I want to be this very strong leader for them, but I also like need to run a business Mm -hmm. and I also have young kids. So Mm -hmm. I want to be a good mom. So how do you be a good mom by spending time with them, but also spending time with your employees and making sure that they know that you care for them and that you want them to succeed. And then you also have clients on top of it. And like just this juggling matters. Yeah. It's a lot. Yes. Like go back what you're saying of like, wow, I don't have time for this. You do. You do have time for therapy. So however you need to figure it out, you do have it. And it's so important. If your son or daughter or child was suffering, would you or would you not schedule something for them? Right. Yeah. 100%. You would go and you would figure it out for them. And I I 100% agree with that. 
I, people need to make the time. Women need to make the time for that yeah. and for themselves. And that's my whole message, like wrapped into one, like women yeah. need to make time for themselves and it's not a bad thing. And we have to like, set that boundary with everybody in our lives, including our children to say, I'm going to block out this hour and a half for myself to go to therapy, to take a walk, to exercise in the morning, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. It has to be done because your mental health as a mom is also shaping the mental health of your children and of what they're expecting, you know, their lives are going to be like and how they're going to grow up and, everything else. Like if, if you have healthy habits and you're taking care of yourself mentally, physically, then they're going to see that and they're going to take on those habits as well. Yeah. I can, I completely agree with that. I, I mean, it, it will shape not only your child's behavior, but your community's behavior, especially breaking yeah. the stigma. You know, I always tell people you never have to be the crusader, but also just trying to, trying to show other people, talk to other people, what you're doing. Don't be ashamed of what right. you're doing. Yeah. Taking care, like, you know, people who go to the gym every day, they have no problem telling you that they go to the gym every day. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, like, they're exactly. working out physically. So don't be ashamed when you're working out mentally, like yes. muscles are muscles. Your brain is an organ. Like you need that baby to work. <laughs> yeah. To work yeah. Right. Like it's so much more important. It's so important. And that brings up a good point. Like a person that goes to the gym every day talks about it. Well, if you're, I, I didn't really start getting over my anxiety and, and fears until I started telling people I was feeling them. Mm-hmm. I, I was very, I was, it was very crippling for me. I wasn't driving. I wasn't working out. I was very, and I'm, I work out. It helps my anxiety a lot to work out. It, it just gives me that, you know, place. It also helps me to talk about what I'm feeling and not hold it in. And, um, I didn't start getting over my, like, I didn't start moving through it until I started talking about it and telling people I'm really anxious today. And yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do about it. And then getting the resources to help me through that and having my friends help me and be there for me and support me and all of those things. Like they all, you need to talk about it and not be ashamed to talk about what you're feeling, whether you're stressed, anxious, depressed, you have fears, you, all of those, all of those feelings are valid and they need to be talked about instead of just pushed under the rug and constantly avoided and like you said what did you call it um disassociation like you're kind of going through like you're trying to avoid even feeling those feelings so you're keeping yourself really busy with other things too yeah absolutely and that's where that again if you find a certain type of therapist, especially thing people who specialize in like I, IFS and it's actually helps like show all of your parts. So with that disassociation piece of it, like, don't be afraid to bring that inner child in. Like, don't be afraid to bring the mom, you know, that's stern sometimes. And don't be afraid to like bring these things in. Cause that is mm-hmm. who makes you, you mm-hmm. So don't, don't disassociate for something, lean into it. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I need right now. You know, yeah. eye statements are so important. Like, I feel anxious when baby is crying. I need you to take baby for me for five minutes while I go outside and just get away from the noise for a second. Yeah. 
um, I think moms have this idea that we're just supposed to push through it. Like, just do it, like continue to do it. Well, that's when, you know, things happen that you don't want to happen. Maybe you put baby down in the crib a little harder than you normally do, but not to hurt them. You're just frustrated. Yeah. Um, Or that, you know, you stomped up the steps and it woke up baby. And now you're upset about that or, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Um, There's so much pressure on moms that like, you just have to do it. And yeah, of course, like we do essentially, you know, do have to push through some things, but you don't have to be alone doing it. And you can find a safe person or a safe group or um, a village or whatever you want to call it to be able to help you through all of that. You do not have to do it alone. Yeah, I it it makes it so much harder when you're trying to do it by yourself. When I know in um I think it was actually in 2021 when I started coming to see one of your therapists. Um, we just were virtual, obviously, because of the time of um, the time with the yeah. pandemic and everything. Um, but it did help me so much just to know that, like, I had her. I could text her. I could, like, reach out to her, like, talk to her whenever I needed to because I was really, really struggling to the point where I was the one day that I was really like, okay, I'm going to call a therapist and book a, an appointment. I just sat on my couch and cried for like an hour because I was so upset that I couldn't find help. And then something, I don't know how I ended up, I must've Googled something and you guys came up and I was, I just felt hope again. Like, okay. Because I had been through therapy before two times before and i it's really good to keep up with it though, I think. And I think to your point, finding a good therapist, like not a good therapist, somebody that you connect with, like I, it could be someone different at different points in your life too. Like the therapists that I had seen before were great for when I was in that part of my life in, in those two different parts of my life where I needed those people to pull me through. But now, but now I, you know, you need somebody that's a little more specialized in motherhood and um, like postpartum and all of the things that you guys are specialized in and trained on and have experience in too. Absolutely. Like exactly what you said. I'm just going to like repeat it of like every, (laughs) cause it's so important. Like, you know, it's not even about finding the good therapist. It's finding the right therapist for where you are in that moment in your life. Yeah. So like being able to, you know, like my dad died. I went to one therapist and then we did couples therapy. So that was a different therapist. Yes. Like, those therapists were great for those, for those needs. But yeah. when I needed like EMDR therapy for some trauma and then like birth trauma and all of that, and I found my therapist, like I'll never let go of her for all of this stuff. Um, But now again, like maybe grief and loss may not be her thing. So like if something were to happen again, I may have to go back to the other therapist. But when I want to talk about trauma or like babies or whatever, she's this, the therapist I'm seeing now is perfect for it. That's yeah. And I'm so, I'm so glad that we're talking about that because people don't realize that there are different people for different stages of their life (laughs) with, with therapy too. And I think we could maybe we could talk a little bit about birth trauma because I think women don't even realize that they experience birth trauma in some form after they've experienced it. So there is actually this, I did this training and I, I forget who was, you know, running it, but she actually challenged everybody and said, every birth is traumatic. Mm. 
and some yeah that's kind of like the response to everybody right yeah it was like what do you mean no mine was like perfect but what she was trying to challenge was no one can ever imagine what childbirth is like until you go through it no matter how much you watch movies on it you learn about it you're a doctor you know whatever like when it's your body yeah and it's not the experience that you thought it would be because you can't there's no way that you can like put that in your head no (laughs) Um, no and the way the intense emotions the feelings the physical pain etc right um every like that's and being able to comprehend the physical pain and the, as well as the emotional, everything you're going through. So I know that I, when I started going through everything myself and trying to relive things and trying to work on everything, because I wanted to be like the best mom that I could possibly be, um, I kind of went through some stages. So at first mm-hmm. I was seeing mostly moms and then, or, you know, new moms. And then I started talking more about my own birth trauma Mm-hmm. And then I know that kind of led into more people wanting to see me then because they're like, oh, wow, she went through a birth trauma, too. So let's let's connect or let's I wanted her as a therapist. And I'll never forget this one person who she had a horrible birth trauma and uh, she almost died. And everybody was so concerned about the baby that yeah. they didn't even catch that she was slipping. Oh. And it's the the most horrible story that I think I'll never forget it because I can't imagine sitting on a hospital bed wanting to love your daughter so much, but literally feeling your life slipping and unable to do anything about it. And nobody sees it. No one sees it happening. And then she finally, you know, flatlined and that's when, you know, everything started happening and whatnot. Well, when I started seeing her, her child was already eight months old and oh she barely ever held her. Oh. So she almost like resented her child because of it. So it's not even just about the physical pain. Like, yeah, right. she had a very, very long recovery. But because of what had happened, there's no way. I mean, we're human. Of yeah. course, you're yeah. going, you need to blame somebody. Or, like, something of, like, why this happened. And she just had so much there. Like, why was my husband only worried about our daughter? Like, why couldn't he see, like, you know, for the – especially, like, I think that transition of for nine months, you are the only thing that's talked about. Everybody wants to know how you're feeling, how you're doing. Oh, don't carry that milk. I'll carry that milk for you. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you pop out a baby or, you know, get a baby out of you, it's – Oh, how's the baby? Is the baby okay? Oh, you're not doing that right. You're not doing this right. Oh, back in my day, we did this. So then to layer birth trauma on top of it, it's like, damn. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to physically heal, emotionally heal from the trauma. But then now I'm also learning how to be a mom and like this new role that I'm playing. And now my husband and I are trying to also figure it out or me, my partner or whatever the case might be. And it's just all of these compact and very complex things that are happening. Yep. So like, I it's almost so agree hard. with I, you know, I agree with the, the trainer that, you know, every birth ca- can or is traumatic. Yeah. And I think, you know, the word trauma is in the eye of the beholder, right? So what I, I still say that I went through a trauma with my birth experience, mm-hmm. but now this person that I'm talking about, 
I don't think there's any, <laughs> like, there's yeah. no, you know, rebuttal there. Like, she went through a birth trauma. Like, that yeah. was really bad. Yeah. And I think when moms go through a birth trauma, especially your first one, I, Emily, I didn't even consider my trauma or my birth a trauma for a really long time until yeah. it was probably eight months or nine months out. And I was going to pelvic floor therapy and I started bawling, like just hysterically Aww. crying. And this pelvic floor therapist is absolutely, she's actually a friend of mine now because she's just amazing. <laughs> um, but she was like, Amanda, you went through something so traumatic. And I was like, no, I didn't. Like everyone has to go through these things. And she was like, Amanda, you are eight months out and you're still not able to sit this is not like a normal experience that happens. Yeah. But I was like, wait, I thought it was because when I went to the doctor, they said, oh, yes, yeah, some women, their sacrum disconnects or like oh some gosh. women, their tailbone, you know, it is broken or bruised or whatever. And I was like, oh, wow. So like what happened to me might be normal. Like, so this is normal. But then I went to physical therapy for six months. No one was able to help me. And then I didn't even know about a pelvic floor therapist. Didn't know what that was. Yeah. And then finally I was like, oh, wait, there's a pelvic floor therapist. I should try them. And then I went through three of them until I finally found the one that worked for me. And like I said, now we're friends because she was just amazing. But yeah. even she was like, Amanda, I know you're a therapist, but I think you should go to therapy for this. <laughs> she was like, you know, this was a lot. Like when I actually like broke down on her bed. <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard to recognize that unless someone's like, wow, that was traumatic, too. Like, if someone's pointing that out to you, I, I, there was not a postpartum appointment that I did not bawl my eyes at. And I can't believe that my OB never said anything to me. But I didn't realize that my first birth, which was an emergency C-section, was even traumatic, even though it was traumatic. And I could still remember every moment of it. Um, I had no idea that it was traumatic until after I had my second child and I, and someone talked to me about birth trauma, had no idea. And then, and and it's just, you can't, you need, like, I never worked through those emotions. Right. So until you're learning about, oh, wow, that was traumatic. You don't learn, you don't work through those emotions because you never realized it before. Absolutely. And you know, like the, after like as you were just saying that like I was thinking you know like I went to a c-section class when I was pregnant Mm -hmm. right so they said to us it might happen you might have to have an emergency c-section you might have to have an elective c-section like if something were to happen or you know whatever like Mm -hmm. opting into that but no one talks to you about a (laughs) c-section right no no one prepared me for anything I had to go through to prep Exactly. For an emergency C-section. The mental piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, yeah, they talked to you about the physical piece on it. Like I had to watch a video on it, you know, whatever. I had a doctor explaining it all, but no one talked to me about the the mental piece of it. And luckily I didn't have to go through a Um, C-section. Again, that is like, that, that, that's surgery. Like I think people forget that. (laughs) Like that is legit surgery. Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, not ideal. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Like all. I have a really good friend who had to have an emergency C-section as well. And now she is a quote unquote strong woman. And I'm saying quote unquote, because, you know, the definition of being a strong woman means that you don't complain and you don't talk about your feelings and you know, whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, which I don't agree with either, but, um, <laughs> no. she is, she is, she's like rock hard. And, um, 
I remember her talking to me about it and she was like, oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself, consider my birth a trauma. And I was like, really? <laughs> you oh, had an Lord. emergency C-section. You had an adverse effect on the anesthesia. Like this, like when you're telling me this, I feel trauma. Like I'm feeling yeah. like vicarious trauma. Like when you're telling me this. Yeah. Um, but she was like, yeah, but you know, other people have it worse. And I was like, oh, I hate that. I hate when people yeah. say that. Don't discredit like, your emotions yes. and feelings and what yes. you went through, yeah. regardless of whether other people have it worse. You have to acknowledge what you went through and that's the most traumatic thing that you've gone through or a traumatic event that you need to work through. It's not worth discrediting like at all. No, not at not all. At Especially because like, again, like not only just talking about the birth trauma piece, but then the months and years after that. Right. So like we're talking about physical trauma right now. Like you and I are talking about, you know, C-sections. I'm talking about like my issues, yeah. but we're not even talking about babies and NICUs. <laughs> right? No. Like, like, yeah. That's so like, that's a whole nother complex yeah. factor on top of this that, Definitely. you know, and you know, I, you know, I have family members and I love them very, very much, but they say, it happened for a reason or at least. Right. So it's like, right. Oh yeah. I always try to coach people. If you have to say at least, please stop. <laughs> like, yeah. please just don't talk. No. Like don't talk anymore. Don't, <laughs> you don't need to be... ever say that to a mom yes. or anyone, anyone that went yes. through something that don't ever say that to anybody. Like, no, it, people need you to just say, I am, I am so sorry. Like, or nothing. Or right? nothing. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. like just or nothing. Anything. Just listen. Because sometimes people just need to talk about it too. Oh, absolutely. I, like there are sometimes in session, if I see somebody in person that when they're talking, I'll sometimes just put my hand on their hand. Yeah. Oh, I, I love to, that. Yeah. Like, cause there you is don't need nothing. to say anything. Yes. Cause there's nothing I can say. There's nothing yeah. I can say to make what happens to them better. And right. sometimes, especially the first couple of sessions, they don't need you to fix them right now. Yeah. They don't need your help to fix whatever they want to fix. Right. Or improve whatever, whatever word you want to utilize. Like they don't right. need that. Like they just need to tell their story. So like Everlasting's mission statement is to make sure that every woman's voice is heard. And that's what I try to coach all of my therapists. Like just hear them out at first. Like just hear them out. Don't come up with solutions right away. Like, yes, we are insurance based. So we have to come up with a treatment plan. Right. But like other than that, like don't like shove it down their throat. Like yeah. just try to talk to them. Let them tell their story because that is their story. Don't interject. Don't ask questions. Just let them say it the way they want to say it. I love that. I love that. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> about this. We're going to have to do another one because I feel like there's so much more we could talk about today. <laughs> oh, I love talking about it. So I will Me come too. join you anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love talking about all of this. And I think women just need that support and help and to know that they're not alone and that they don't have to be alone if they feel alone either. Absolutely. That's so important. Like even if you don't have a village with family and friends, I promise you, if you look for it, you will find a village of yes. moms that are here to support you. Yes. Yes, you definitely will. And if you can't, just reach out to us and we'll point you in a direction to find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Amanda. That was a lot of fun. And we definitely will have to get something on the schedule to do it again because we could go on forever about this topic. 
Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you reached out and that we were able to connect. And again, I love talking about this stuff. So anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. I hope you have a good day and good luck with everything. Thanks so much for listening. If this content resonated with you, please share it on your social media, share it with a friend and let me know what you think. If you tag me on Instagram and give me a review, I will maybe call you out in the next episode. Thank you so much and have an awesome, awesome day, mama.